Good morning. Happy New Year. I am really impressed to see so many people here on New Year's morning. Um, I guess nobody partied too hard last night. <laughs> um, it's great to have you here. By the way, it is a new year. It's not still 2022, um, like your bulletin says. But we, we have a new uh, bulletin maker, and she actually is doing a great job. But there's always, as you know, there's always a at least one typo in the bulletins. This is so you know we're human. <laughs> um, so welcome. This is Celebration Sunday. We have a tradition that we started about four years ago here at Central Baptist Church. The first Sunday of the year is Celebration Sunday, and it's sort of a holy talent show. We offer our gifts and our talents up to the Lord as we offer the year to him, and so we're going to be, you're going to be seeing and hearing from a whole lot of people. There's not going to be a real sermon today. I do, I always have stuff to say, so, you know, but <laughs> I didn't write a sermon, so we'll see how it goes. Um, lots of talented people in this place. This church, this year, we have more offerings of talent than we have had before. If we do this next year and we have this great of an increase, we're going to have to have like a service with an intermission in the middle or something like that. Anyway, it's really cool. The reason why we're doing this is to lead each other in worship, to remind ourselves that we're all part of the family of God. There's nobody here that's more important than another. Some of us have different gifts that enable us to do more public things in the church more often. But we all have something to contribute to the family of God, and we are all loved by God, and we're here to glorify God and rededicate ourselves and our church to him. So, um, we have not a whole lot of announcements outside of our normal ones, which you can read on the back of the bulletin under upcoming opportunities. There's nothing happening on Monday nights anymore, so um, I guess we're... Not, we don't have Monday on our calendar anymore for a while. But we have our regular Tuesday morning quiet. We have a deacons meeting this week. Practicing praise meets now on Wednesday evenings. There's still prayer on the spot on Thursday. And Ezra Nehemiah Bible study, is that resuming? Yes. Zoom on Thursdays. Um, nothing on Friday. You get the day off. And then uh, Saturday, there is Bible study at 10. And Sunday, we're back here at 10. Um, just a reminder, we have a class coming up, the We Are Baptist class. Kathleen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so I will have a sign-up sheet downstairs. If you are interested in taking that class, please sign up so the deacons know how many people they're going to be working with. It starts on the 22nd, and it will, be, it will run from 9 to 9.45, so right before the service. Hope you can make it. This is for everybody um, to get us all kind of on the same page of, about our church and our denomination and what we believe and um, the ways that we do things here. Any other announcements? Hey, now. <laughs> if you are on the, or if you are on a committee or a board, um, there are end of year reports that are due. If you're one of the 
heads of the committees or boards. Um, so yeah, don't forget that. But they're due January 15th. Not today. Not today. All right. Let's focus our hearts and our minds on God and pray together. Our Lord and our God, we thank you for another year. We thank you that you were with us in the last one um, through the ups and downs, and you will be with us in this one. You've already gone ahead of us and um, scoped the way out, and we pray that you will help us to follow you closely and to rejoice in your presence. We dedicate this year to you by praying the prayer that your son Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. But before we hear our scripture, I remembered a very important announcement. If you are one of the people offering your talents this morning and you need a microphone, you may use that one. It's on. Don't touch the button. When you put it down, please put it down gently on that cushion. <laughs> um, hopefully we will not have any technological issues today. Anything I need to add to that, Rand? <laughs> This is one of Rand's many talents. Now it's on. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. things when you turn 70. <laughs> Today's scripture reading is from Isaiah 63, verses 7 through 9. And I don't know what page it's on in your pew Bible. Thank you. This one is on, correct? Okay. Now we get back to Isaiah 63.
I will tell of the kindness of the Lord, the deeds for which He is to be praised. According to all the Lord has done for us, yes, many good things He has done for Israel. He has done for the many good things He has done for Israel, according to His compassion and many kindnesses. He said, Surely they are my people, children who will be true to me. And so He became their Savior. In all their distress, He too was distressed. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, <clears throat> excuse me. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. can't see me when I'm over here. I'm here to talk about where our money's going to go for missions this time. Every quarter we take, we send money to, for different missions. And this time we're remembering retired ministers and missionaries. And when someone has been in the ministry or um, a missionary for over 15 years, we like to say thank you. And so all the churches um, in the American Baptist uh, group take up this collection, and it goes to say thank you to these people. I th was thinking back this morning about one particular um, ministry that touched me. <laughs> so I can do it without crying. Um, and I'm sure all of you, there's someone that you had to... Um, unload something on or you needed advice or one particular one for me um, I was a fairly new Christian and I needed a lot of guidance um, so and it just so happened that God put this couple in the church that I was attending actually I was drawn to them um, 
as I had been for so many flights where I was kind of lost. I was um, a visitor every so much, and that's what I thought. But when I went there, it was just like when I came in these doors. I felt like I was home. And um, their, their name was um, Bill and Paula Reed. And um, anyway, uh, I have grown how to appreciate giving time, giving your time, giving whatever you have to that. And so I thank them. And then I just want to remind you of some other ways that we are uh, blessed all the time because the money that we give goes to help so many people. We do America for Christ and um, that's uh, home missions. So that's people that are helping start churches. Um, um, they witness and they do all kinds of service, education, um, just anything in the local area. Then we do world mission offerings, and that goes for missionaries and their partners that are out in about the 76 countries that we have missionaries to. And I already mentioned the retired ministers. And then we do one day hour of sharing, and that one goes for disaster relief. And we had a lot of those. And um, the last time I spoke, I mentioned about the help that was uh, happening in Haiti and um, after the earthquake, we have people over there helping. So we do a lot. We don't even know we're doing it. And then also we're missionaries because we have neighbors and friends that you know, we're the only church they see sometimes. And we've got to kind of be aware of that. Our deacons take an offering, and their money goes to help people within our church and within our community. And we have helped um, a uh, pregnancy crisis center. We help a food share. Um, the more you give, the more we can give. So keep that in mind. And then one more. We have Ezra's fund, and we're getting our kitchen remodeled. But don't stop thinking about Ezra's fund once the kitchen's done, because we have a beautiful, historical, 200-year-old church. And it's going to need some cosmetic stuff done just like we have. So keep that in mind. Hello. I looked at the calendar. I got scared. The way they worded it, it sounds like I'm going to tell, tell you the whole history of our church. Going back 223 years. I, no, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I just want to tell you one little story that I was, well, rather proud uh, to be involved with. And um, I'll start at the beginning. Many years ago, before somebody was an idiot and tore down the YMCA on the corner of Main and Elm Street across the street, uh, the YMCA was a wonderful place. It had big letters carved in it said, YMCA. Anybody know what that means? 
Exactly. Now you go buy it on Everett Street, which is nothing like the good one we had before, and it just says why. They're only interested in remaining looking young. They don't care about fishing association, but it used to actually be that way. Well, uh, I always loved basketball. My brothers loved basketball. And you probably aren't aware of this, but Central Baptist had a basketball team. I know, I played on it. Well, uh, when I first started, I was one of the younger guys, and I'll admit it, I was kind of a bench warmer. And all the big guys got uh, most of the good playing time. But I didn't mind. I was part of the team, and I was having fun. I remember a lot of the people that played. It was amazing. Uh, we had some tremendous teams. All three of the older Phillips boys were all God did taller than me. Yep. And uh, we had some great guards. My old brother, Randy Morse. Um, oh, what's his name? Charlie Nassi. It was wonderful. Wonderful. Unfortunately, as time goes on, they grew up and they moved on, and our team started getting smaller and smaller. What you really needed to have a team was uh, the church would supply uniforms, and uh, somebody had to volunteer to be a coach. Well, this very nice man, Don Everburn, he uh, had two daughters. He looked like a basketball player. He was tall, but he really didn't know anything about basketball. But if he didn't volunteer to be the coach, then we would never team. Well, as our team got skinnier and skinnier, it came down to the fact that, let's see, there was three of us, I think, that were left willing to play, and we wanted to have a team, myself, my younger brother, and Bobby <coughs> Spielbogen. So uh, Don went to talk to the athletic director, and he said, wow, this is great. And he said, what? It's great that I'm short on ball players." He said, yeah. He said, there's a lot of churches that don't have a basketball team. Now, I remember all the teams, besides Central Baptist, uh, Elm Street Congregationalist, uh, United Orthodox, that was the big church, the Albanian church, and the Romanian church. Um, Notre Dame was so big, they had two teams, Notre Dame White and Notre Dame Blue, Sturbridge Federated, Charlton Federated, uh, the Methodist church had a team. Like I said, all you had to do was buy uniforms and get somebody to be a figurehead coach. And do we have a lot of fun? Yeah. But when he, when he admitted that we were short on people, uh, Bob, the athletic director, he, he was just thrilled. He was just thrilled. Now, there was three big fellas that I'm still friends with, John Lango, Dougie Smolin, and George Gobrieski. You can tell by the names. Uh, they went to the Polish church down on Everett Street. Did they have a team? Nope. So guess what? They became Baptists. <laughs> and then my dear friend Billy Toy, best guy I ever played ba basketball with by none. He went to the Episcopal Church. Yep. So we made him a Baptist team. And then poor Ronnie Cooper. You probably knew him because he started an ice cream stand, Coop Scoops. Well, Ronnie was a good ball player and a great guy, but he was the only kid in this whole synagogue that wanted to play basketball. So guess what? You got it, we made him a Baptist. So every time we stepped out onto the court, what did it say across our chest? Central Baptist. All due to the wonderful people that were willing to uh, buy us uniforms. And uh, that last year when that happened and we were a kind of a conglomerate, we won first place. 
Unfortunately, Don, uh, um, well, the coach, uh, moved away, Mr. Everberg. He and his wife and his daughters, they moved away, so that was the end. And I still had another year to play basketball. My younger brother had three years left to play basketball. So we said we wanted to play basketball. And as a footnote, I should tell you this. The last year I played, it said Congo on my chest because I played for Elm Street Congregationalist. <laughs> it's all right. I enjoyed it. Uh, oh, and my uh, younger brother, they made him orthodox. So he, he played with the Albanians, the Greeks, and the Romanians. And he was a wonderful basketball player. And as a little sideline, I'll just tell you this. They had a wonderful coach, Mr. George Bassel. He was a genius at basketball, and they loved every kid that played for him. And when I used to see Mr. Bassel in public, he'd do one of two things. He'd either go, hi, Steve, because he always mixed up my brother and I. So I, I, I didn't want to correct him. I'd just say, hi, Mr. Bassel. Or if he did remember it was Ray, he'd say, hi, Ray, how's your brother, Steve? <laughs> So I just thought I'd give you that little insight because when they stepped out on the court and it said Central Baptist across their chest, they represented our And it was wonderful. And they were a real gentlemen. It was wonderful to play with them. By the way, Father's brother played. Jimmy, Roger, uh, uh, what was Roger's last name? Yeah, Roger Smeltzer played. Over the years, there were tons of kids that, that played for Central Baptist. So. I'm sure before I told you that you were probably unaware of all of that. So I'm glad to share that little insight. Thank you very much.
Biker community, there's always that guy. <laughs> that guy is the guy who decides when everybody's getting ready to leave, got to get gas, got to go to the bathroom, whatever it is. I always feel like I'm that guy. I gotta flip my pages. Today I gotta switch guitars. I gotta pick up the picks that I dropped. So <laughs> I gotta attach my cable.
told the story that uh, I feel like I've been called to, to do this, and by this I don't mean coming to church and playing a song that's probably never intended to be played in church. songs that not necessarily are praise songs and not necessarily intended to be praise and played in church, but this one that we're going to do. Uh, there's been a lot of services for that thing. It was really fitting. And, uh, you know, I'd love to do this again uh, with Sue and Mark joining us. But uh, if I keep going with this, I'm going to be choked up and I'm not going to
So here's something that we haven't had as a talent in this celebration Sunday before. Um, but I want to encourage other people, because I know there are people who like to at least dabble in visual arts, and some of you are actually trained in them. I'm not. Um, but you remember last year, we had a parable series. And if you're on Facebook, you may have known that I spent my Mondays during that series painting illustrations of the parables that we were talking about on Sundays. So we would, I would preach on one of them, and then the next day I would paint a picture. So I had these scanned over at Colonial Copy around the corner, and had this piece made. These are all 13 parables that we talked about, and I am donating this to the church. If you present some artwork to the church, you don't have to donate it, by the way. <laughs> this is still a talent that people have that they can offer to God and we can celebrate together. You don't have to donate it, but I am donating this one. Pam, can I just walk this over to you? And you can do what you will with it later. Um, that is all that this presentation is, but I just wanted you to, to know that it's here and where it came from. You're welcome. Thank you. Happy New Year, everybody. Apologize if I'm a little drowsy today. Getting older, it's harder to stay up till midnight. <laughs> Nevertheless, I'm still here, and I'm still here to share my testimony with you folks. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, Christ says to his people, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. This quotation has always been one that uplifts me rather than discourages me. To be teased, belittled, and questioned as a Christian has never bothered me because Christ says that this is what makes me blessed, to face the evil working against me because of him. However, it has not been until recently when I started to experience more persistent persecution that I realized how easy it can be to become discouraged. By no means have I suffered severe persecution like our brothers and sisters in Christ who have been put in concentration camps or tortured, and I'd like to clarify that. Mine's a little less intense, and it's simply being a Protestant in a very Catholic university. I grew up in a town that was predominantly Catholic, so when applying to Assumption University, a very proud Catholic school that was built by the Assumptionists of the Augustinian order, I didn't even bat an eye at the difference in denomination. Growing up, I would occasionally get into theological debates with my more de devout Catholic friends, yet the difference between our upbringings and the church never caused any inflictions in our faith or harm to our relationships. So by attending a Catholic university, I figured everyone I attended school with would not care about denomination because we were all brothers and sisters in Christ. However, I was really naive to think this apparently because I was laughed at when I shared this with my very traditional Catholic friends. Never in my life did I think I would be belittled about my faith by people who also followed Christ. I was told that my Baptist church did not hold as much history as the Catholic church, therefore our beliefs lost their validity. People made jokes that they would not see me in heaven unless I converted. Memes were shown to me 
that displayed Protestants as being the bottom of the Christian food chain underneath the Orthodox and the Catholic churches. The fact that my pastor is a woman is still something my peers can't get over. The, f the fact that God has called a woman into a leadership position in the church is something they don't simply understand. Of course, I tried my hardest to maintain the mindset Christ taught me, that I am blessed despite their hostility. However, since I am trapped in human flesh, I naturally couldn't, couldn't face the situation on my own. So I went to two people that I knew could comfort me the most, my grandma and Pastor Jen. The two of them allowed for me to gain more knowledge of the scripture, my church history, and myself through discussions about specific things being said to me and without and this gave me the ability to talk about my personal faith and church more comprehensively and without any insecurity. This quickly became an uplifted, up, uplifting experience rather than a discouraging one. I learned a lot about my faith because it was being analyzed so closely, but the entire experience taught me mostly about gratitude. I'm grateful to be exposed to some really beautiful Catholic traditions at my school. I've always been really fascinated about learning about learning about other denominations and religions, so this is something I'm really excited about. But more importantly, I'm also incredibly grateful to have grown up in a church that taught me not to shame someone for their spiritual identity. No matter the religion or denomination, I was taught to demonstrate the grace of God, the compassion of Christ, and the healing of the Holy Spirit to every other human person I encounter. In fact, Talking about this with Pastor Jen, after talking about this with Pastor Jen, we began our sermon on our sermon series on Ephesians. She began talking about the unity in Christ, and I felt as though both God, her and God knew exactly what I needed to hear. That's why I wanted to take time, the time to thank everyone in this church for being an incredible support system for myself and for each other. This church has done so many great things that have only helped me to become a better person. Part of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, says we are to love one another deeply, and I believe we have done just that.
That was really beautiful. This is the time in our service where we offer up our celebrations and concerns to the Lord. Um, usually it's concerns, you might have noticed. Um, some of you may have seen on Facebook, I posted somebody else's idea, but I thought it was a great idea. You know me, I'm not like this raging optimist or anything like that, but I do, I'm not the type of person to um, sugarcoat things, but I also am a very inherently hopeful person, and you also know I spend a lot of time online, and so a lot of what I've been seeing as the old year turned to the new year was people saying, oh, the last three or four years have been so hard, and at this point we're just kind of expecting more hard. Um, and I was also thinking that for, for me and Paul, the last four months have been really hard, and so even though I actually kind of liked the first two-thirds of 2022, the last third of it is coloring my perception of it. So even though I, at first I thought it was a good year, it doesn't really feel like one anymore, so we're going to do something this year. We're going to do this idea that I saw on Facebook. We probably need a bigger jar than this, but this is what we're going to start with. I'm going to put this somewhere in the sanctuary. I haven't figured out where yet. 
And anytime something good happens this year, either in our church family or in your own life, write it down on a scrap of paper, stick it in this jar. A year from now, we will just randomly select scraps of paper and read them on Celebration Sunday. So no matter what happens in this, year, this coming year, we will be reminded of the, what he's done, what God has done for us in our lives, and that he's still present and that we have things to celebrate. So look for this jar. Maybe I'll hide it around and it can be like a quest. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Anyway, um, I'm excited to see what he does. I actually want to, I'm going to, I haven't written, I don't have a piece of paper to write on right now, but um, I was just thinking what God has done in this congregation, here are three things that came to mind right off the bat. Me, I don't, not that I'm the God's gift to your congregation. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying what God has done in me is, you know, but only because I've told you that I used to burst into tears anytime I had to do public speaking. And I've been doing this for four years. Praise God. That is a God thing. That is not a me thing. <laughs> um, something else. When I first got here, I asked Lily if she wanted, she was 14, and I asked if she wanted to read the scripture passage one day, and she said, that's not really my thing. <laughs> and today, she read a scripture passage, and she also wrote an amazing testimony. I didn't know what she was going to say. It's fantastic. And also, I've never heard Sue sing, but your voice is amazing. <laughs> so that's three things right there, and there's way more. All right, but we also have a very long list of concerns, so we're going to pray for those right now. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can bring everything, all of who we are, to you, and we do lift up the people on our minds and hearts, especially, Lord, the three families who just in the last week or two have lost loved ones. Um, Paul's brother, but also David Bertrand's brother, Bobby, uh, left this life yesterday, last night. Uh, we pray for comfort for those two families. We also pray for the Dolan family and the extended family um, as Mike also left this life on Monday. We, we just pray for your comfort, Lord. This is a lot um, and a heavy thing to carry into a new year, and so we just pray for your peace and your rest and your help um, and the comfort that only you can give. We also want to pray for Tom Jernigan's friends that he mentioned, his friend Bill, whose daughter died as well, and the other friend who's struggling with rehab. And we pray for Tom himself and his health we thank you, Lord, for David Bertrand's trip last week and his safe trip and that he was able to minister to somebody unexpectedly on the way and remain safe himself. Um, Lord, we thank you for your work in our friend Jody's life and the ways that she is hearing from you uh, in new ways. We thank you for Dave and Mindy and that we pray for their new baby. We pray for... Um, Cliff Walton and his family, as Gail went to be with you recently. We pray for Heather with breast cancer, for Thomas with leukemia, for Bernice's sons, Jim and Philip, 
for Phil F. with cancer. For Daniel and Neil, we thank you for the glimmers of hope that we're seeing in Daniel. We continue to pray for Matt and Nick and Jeff, for Jeffrey and Dylan. We pray for Beth. We pray for Vincent. We pray for Joe's family um, in the shocking hit and run that ended his life recently. We pray for Steve's health and for Roberta's health. We pray for Fred and Bev, for Dave and Lee. We thank you that Jackie is doing so much better. We pray for Barbara S. and the mass on her lung and for her housing situation. And we pray for all of us who have other needs and requests and concerns that we haven't shared yet. Um, you know all about them, better than we know even and better than we could express. Thank you, Lord. We receive all your help in Jesus' name. Amen. we prepare our tithes and offerings, which is another act of worship and another gift to God. Um, we don't pass an offering plate here, but we do have offering boxes in the back of the sanctuary if you'd like to participate in our worship in this way at the end of the service. Um, if you are worshiping with us online, you can send us a check to Central Baptist Church, P.O. Box 886, Southbridge, Massachusetts, 01550 or you may donate online at cbcsouthbridge.org. Um, also, this is the first Sunday of the month as well as the year, and so we take our special deacons funds. There should be offering plates as well um, where you can donate to that. Bernice was telling you about that, that we use that money to help people in our congregation and people in the community or ministries in the community that have a need. And as always, don't forget Ezra's purse. Um, as Bernice reminded us this building's very old. It's beautiful. It's a great resource. Um, God has provided amazingly above and beyond what we expected for this first thing. But as you know, when you start a project, then there's another project, and then there's another project. And so um, don't forget Ezra's Purse. That's an additional fund that we give to to keep our building up and running. Let's worship together. Lord, thank you for your provision for us, for getting us through another year, and for helping us to wake up to this one. We pray that you will receive these gifts and use them for your work in the world and our church. In Jesus' name, amen.
So it says in our program that we're going to sing What Child Is This, but we still have a whole lot to get through, and it's already 11. So I think we're going to skip this carol. We are going to sing the one after this next block. Good morning. Uh, today, I will be going into the scripture reading and giving a little message on it. Uh, in Isaiah 63, 7 through 9, verse 7 says, I will tell of the, ki the kindnesses of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised. 
according to all the Lord has done for us, yes, the many good things he has done for Israel, according to his compassion and many kindnesses. So in this verse, the Lord celebrates the people. And he celebrates them by doing all of his good deeds for Israel and all of the people of the land, which is a pretty good thing if you ask me. And he reciprocates our praise to us by like doing good deeds for us. <laughs> and in verse 8, he said, Surely they are my people, children who be true to me. And so he became their savior. And the Lord has faith in the people. Many people online that I've seen don't really think that the Lord has faith back to us. But he does. And he has faith in all of us and all of his people. And he doesn't need, he didn't need the people of Israel's confirmation to be their savior. Once he saw them, he just was, which I think is a pretty amazing thing. And in verse 9, in all their distress, he too was distressed. In all, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. And Jesus was the embodiment of a person and like God in a person <laughs> and so that means that Jesus could make mistakes too he could he could be distressed he could feel negative emotions and that's okay because he's Jesus so <laughs> like what could go wrong <laughs> and even when Jesus did falter he he still redeemed himself and the people and he still lifted us up. So he just never stopped. And Jesus loves the people. So <laughs> he loves everybody. Which I think that's one of the first things that you hear when you walk into a church is Jesus loves you. It's a, pr it's a very basic statement, <laughs> but it's true. Thank you. Happy New Year. I'm so blessed by Cain today. I'm so blessed, 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 I'm so I'm a child of God, oh, every day is a good day, and you're the reason why. I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed, got this heartbeat in my chest. No, it doesn't matter about the rest. If you're God, you, Lord, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed, hallelujah, I'm blessed. I'm so blessed, hallelujah, I'm blessed. When I count the problems that I see, hope is all but gone. 
And when I count the ways you're good to me, you got me counting all day long. I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed. Got this heartbeat in my chest. No, it doesn't matter about the rest. If I got you, Lord, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed. Got this heartbeat in my chest. No, it doesn't matter about the rest. If I've got you, Lord, I'm so blessed. So, uh, yeah, so blessed. blessed. Gotta thank, thank you. you for yeah, just <laughs> not. <laughs> we cut this part from here. Yeah. I'm, I'm so blessed, blessed. I'm so blessed. Got this heartbeat in my chest. No, no it doesn't matter about the rest. If I've got you, Lord, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Got this heartbeat in my chest. No, it doesn't matter about the rest. If I've got you, Lord, I'm so blessed. Cause on my best days, I'm a child of God. On my worst days, I'm a child of God. Oh, every day is a good day. And you're the reason why. Cause on my best days, I'm a child of God. On my worst days, I'm a child of God. Oh, every day is a good day. And you're the reason why. I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Hallelujah, I'm blessed. Um, I just really would rather we keep singing. Um, but Pastor Jen sort of guilted us all into sharing something. When I post it on Facebook, I don't have any talent. She goes, false. <laughs> so if this is horrible, it's her fault. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but uh, apart from turning uh, insurance jingles into helping you remember to come to We Are Baptists, um, my talents mostly involve being ridiculous and silly. So if you notice, the title of my testimony says, Stuff I saw this year as I wandered around with no idea what was going on or where we were headed. That was what I said to Pastor Jen to be like, hey, this is what I want to talk about. And I was mostly joking, but she said she thought I was serious. <laughs> no, I think she just wanted to print it. She thought it was funny. So yes, my talent is being funny, but I can't write jokes. I just have to do it in the situation. So there we go. But in all seriousness, um, I actually thought about <laughs> doing like a book report for you <laughs> because... I'm a nerd, and that actually is my talent. Like, I read books, and I think about stuff. That's my talent. So apart from, I literally had a stack of books that I was like, do I want to bring these books in? I don't know. So apart from bringing in books, something that I've found really cool this year um, is the Bible Project app. We've watched a couple of Bible Project videos. Uh, we did one on Psalm 8, like, at the very beginning of last year, I think. Um, but I've... I've, this is a really cool thing, no matter who you are, if you're a teenager or, you know, all the way up through, because they make videos on themes throughout the Bible, and it's an Old Testament professor and a graphic designer, and so they, you're getting really rich stuff in the Bible, but, like, for normal people. <laughs> like, they've translated it in a way where you're like, wow. I understand that. I don't have to have a PhD to understand what you're talking about. So 
but it doesn't feel like it's been dumbed down. It doesn't feel like it's just for little kids. Like it, it's rich and beautiful and really interesting. So I recommend this to you uh, because there's, like I say, there's visual stuff in here. You can go all the way through all kinds of videos and explainer things on different books of the Bible or on different themes throughout the Bible. But then they, if you're a podcast person, they have like podcasts where they talk about, hey, this is all these things that were how we developed this video, and wow, that's like, you can go super deep if you want. Um, but the thing that I've been enjoying is they've actually started to develop a, I won't call it a commentary, but they're, they're doing like a walk through the Bible where if you click on a certain thing, you read through, you read through, and then you get this little like hyperlink where if you click on it, it makes a noise, and you're like, ooh, and then it expands into like, deeper stuff that you're like, wow, I never knew that's what was going on there. I never knew that, oh, this is what everybody during that time period would have obviously known that I have no clue about. So I've found that, you know, in terms of like a testimony, this is something that has been really helpful to me this year. And this has also been something that's really helpful in my walk with God, because I think for a lot of my a life, I've jumped from thing to thing to thing, and you hear about people's relationships with God, and it feels like they always have these mountaintop experiences, and they always have the insi these insights, or they always have these things that are happening, and then when you go to read the Bible, you're like, well, that doesn't feel like it happens for me. Am I doing it wrong? And reading this has almost, like, helped me get the story over and over and over again, and it's not about getting the aha moment every single day, but understanding the story that God is faithful to his people over the long haul. And that's just been a really deep, rich blessing for me. Um, and I've really enjoyed it, so I recommend it to you. Or lots of other books, too. Come and talk to me. Cool. Her microphone on. You may have noticed that Sue has a really great voice. So I guess one of my hidden talents is I'm a security blanket for people who have really great voices but are sing along. So you're welcome. We need each other. I love what what when Tommy did the message in the basket and then they sang right after that and the way they sang. It's like a profound witness. We don't have to fall apart when we make mistakes. We're human. God knows it. We all know it. Just keep going, right? Right? Um, before we get started, I just wanted to say that this song is from the movie that came out, I don't know, a long time ago, uh, The Prince of Egypt. And if you have not seen this movie and you are a believer, I highly recommend that you see the movie. It is really amazing. Many nights we played With no proof anyone could hear In our hearts a hopeful song We barely understood Now we are not afraid Although we know there's much to fear We were moving mountains long before we knew 
Yet now I'm standing here with hearts so full I can't explain. Speaking faith and speaking words I never thought I'd say. There can be miracles when you believe. Though hope is real, it's hard to give. I just know all of you are so excited to finally see your favorite Dolan. It was long awaited. And being a Dolan, don't know how many people has called me Lily. But unlike Lily, I am young and not drowsy. I have a bunch of energy. And with this energy that I possess, I've noticed that all the youth group, even the youth group leaders, have some type of plaid on. And Lily and I did not get this memo. And we feel kind of left out, right, Lily? Yes. But you know who wasn't left out? The Native Americans, when they were introduced to the Christian faith. And that's what I'm here to talk about today. The oh, yeah, I got that right. The Huron story, the carol, if you will. Um, I am going to give you some background knowledge before I explain how this song relates to the Native Americans' Christian faith because it would just make it a lot easier for you guys to understand. So, firstly, it was a Canadian hymn. Um, it was written to a tune of the 16th century French carol, 
fun little fact. It was written in 1643. We're just going to call him Gene because there's no way I am saying his last name. <laughs> um, there's just a lot going on. But he was a Christian missionary. Um, he was really cool, I guess. Um, the song is also known was the Moon of Wintertime, which we will be singing after this. So get excited. <laughs> I listened to the song. It was 12 o'clock at night, and I listened to it in the Native American language. I was a little spooked out, not going to lie, because it was like 12 o'clock, and I was like, wow, this is giving me chills. It's a very good song. Uh, it was originally written in the Native language. We will not be singing it in the Native language, <laughs> because the original song title, I'm not going to say, because I would butcher it. It's just, just a lot of letters thrown in there. But it does translate to Jesus, he is born. But now I'm going to get to explaining how this song ties in to the Christian faith of the Native Americans. So the song tells the story of the nativity using symbols and like figures understood by the Huron tribe. So Jean was um, seen as one of the tribe members because he was a minister and he picked up many languages so he could commute to many different people. Commute. That's not what I meant to say. Communicate. <laughs> so he was seen as like a very loved person at the time. Um, so they just, they felt so comforted by him and really took him in as one of them. And with him being a part of their tribe in a way, he was able to express his faith of Christianity to them. And they were really open to the idea, in a way. And they really took it all in, and they raised a lot of the kids Christian, you know? Um, but, like, this hymn had three different stages to it. Because Canada knew French. French, France, at one point. So it was actually written in fr um, French, but then it was, like kind of interpreted into English, but then it was into indigenous. So that's kind of cool, but now it's in English. But the song really just goes into the birth of Jesus, with, which helps birth Christianity in the tribe. Awesome, Maddie. Thank you. So we're going to sing the carol that Maddie was just telling us about, and then we are going to have communion together. It is on page 213, if you want to use the hymnal.
So as we go into communion, I'm going to read a passage from Hebrews that doesn't usually get thought of when we um, think of communion. It's from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 to 18. It says, In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. I feel like this goes really well with what Tommy was sharing with us, but also this entire service. God became one of us in the person of Jesus Christ. And that's partly why we sang the Huron Carol and why Maddie told us about it, because God didn't, didn't just become a certain type of human for one specific type of human, but he became a specific type of human for all humans. Jesus can be translated into any language. Jesus can be translated into any culture, into any church, into any body. When the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians that when we take communion, we need, to be, we need to recognize the body of Christ, some churches might interpret that as the, believing that the, the bread actually turns into the body of Christ and the wine actually turns into his blood. Uh, we don't believe that in this church, but I think what is really intended by that passage is to remember when we take communion what Jesus did for us in his, in his own body, but also to remember that we are now his body, to recognize each other. And that's what we've been doing in this whole service, is the body of Christ is working together to present worship to God, to lead each other in worship, and to share what God has given us. And so as we take communion now, after we sing our communion hymn, we are going to remember and celebrate what he did for us and the fact that his doing that for us makes us one body. We are all the body of Christ. Let's sing our communion hymn. You may remain seated for this and, um, and then we'll celebrate together.
night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat in remembrance of Jesus. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. As a response in gratitude, I invite all who are members of Central Baptist Church to stand and say our church covenant together. We trust that we have been brought by divine grace to receive the Lord Jesus Christ and to give ourselves up to him. We have also acknowledged the special obligation 
to live a new and holy life in that we have voluntarily been buried in baptism and raised up from the emblematical grave. And now, relying on the gracious aid of our God and Savior, we solemnly make this covenant with each other. We will walk together in brotherly love. We will exercise a Christian care and watchfulness over each other and will faithfully admonish and help one another as need may be. We will rejoice in each other's good and with tenderness and sympathy bear one another's burdens. We will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together or neglect to pray for ourselves and for others. Such as may be under our care, we will endeavor to bring up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and we will seek to win our kindred and acquaintances to Christ and to holiness. As stewards of the Lord, we will aid in the support of a faithful evangelical ministry among us and in efforts to preach the gospel to the whole human family. We will live circumspectly in the world, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, and according to our ability and opportunities, will do good to all. And we will endeavor, as long as we live, amidst evil report and good report, to glorify him who hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.